Hey everybody, this is Chris Mata, host of a podcast, A Mata of Opinion. On this show, we will be celebrating the best time of the year, football season. Each episode, we will be covering different topics such as stats, rankings, predictions, and assessments. Welcome, and stay tuned for today's episode, Managing Expectations. So, just to make this real quick, the quarterbacks we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about Mike White, we're going to be talking about Justin Herbert, and we're going to be talking about Tua Tungavailoa. So, to start with, Mike White who is coming out of the dark, coming out of the shadows one more time just to uppercut you in the mouth. At a 7-4 and record, the Jets finally benched Dak Wilson, and that was just after a completely blown media interview and really not being a team player at all. So they turn to Mike White. Mike White decides to show up again right in from the dark, drop another 300 bomb with three touchdowns to beat the Bears 31-10. to Now, you're probably wondering, who the hell is Mike White and where did he come from? Well, he is a 27-year-old, 6'5", 218-pound beast. He's played two years at South Florida and then two years at Western Kentucky. His best year in college was 2015 where he threw for 4,363 yards, 37 touchdowns with only seven interceptions. He was drafted in the fifth round by the 2018 Dallas Cowboys. He competed for the backup position but was let go in 2019. Now, that's when the Jets picked him up in 2019. They then waived him and sent him to the practice squad in 2020. From there, he made his debut in Week 7 of 2021 against the New England Patriots. But the week that he is infamous for is his Week 8 win against the Bengals. Mike White threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns. The final score was 34-31 to 31 Jets. So again, this past Sunday, he drops 315 yards and three touchdowns on the Bears. So the next question is, what's going to happen to Zach Wilson? Well, Robert Sala already stated that he has not lost faith that Wilson will be the future of the franchise, He simply states now is the time to have Wilson refocus and get ready for the next opportunity. So that being said, I do believe that Mike White will be the starter for the rest of the season. Right now, if he is the energy spark that keeps you going, much like Taylor Henneke right now for the Commanders, you stick with it. You don't change it up. As far as Zach Wilson goes, now is the time to show how much of a team player you are. Get in there. Study the tape point out what you're seeing on the field. Help your team get ready for the fight of their lives because right now they are sitting at 7-4. and They're going to squeeze into these playoffs, and it's going to be how well they can prepare that will take them over the edge. And, of course, Robert Sala will have that defense ready to go, and I know he's expecting the offense to lead the charge because it's going to be on the backs of the defense, don't get me wrong, but the offense has to strike on the opportunity. There can be no more holding the opponent to just three points and walking away with a loss. That's completely unacceptable. But other than that, we're going to be pushing into our next guy. And this is the one that Emmanuel Acho has actually targeted, and that's going to be Justin Herbert. He has been called the social media quarterback, and that's almost mocking him. As of right now, Justin Herbert is the most camera-shy person you could ever imagine. In fact, he even plays this game with the actual media team for the Chargers, where he will switch jerseys, with one of his teammates before practice just to try and avoid them when they're jogging onto the field. Now, of course, he will do his interviews, his press interviews, and everything else like that. No complaints there. 
again, very humble, very nice guy, very team player. And the fact that he's been touted as this social media quarterback is almost ironic because they're calling him that not because he's out there causing issues like Antonio Brown. It's because Emmanuel Acho states his hype and his status is all generated by the clips that social media causes to go viral of his great plays. And to be fair, he states that Tua, when he has an amazing play, doesn't get nearly as much traction as Justin Herbert does. But when Tua has a terrible game, that is all that is fed down the throats of everybody for the next two weeks. And so, okay, I can see that argument a bit. But to state that it's just simply because social media is driving viral videos that makes Justin Herbert a top five quarterback, that's ridiculous. You look at his stats, and it's the third year in a row now. He's sitting top five with yards and touchdowns. And this season, it's even more impressive. He's done that without Keenan Allen. He's done that without Mike Williams. They played maybe five games together, maybe, if that. Right now, 40% of the passes are going to Austin Eckler, who has been targeted around 98 times in that offense. So yes, Austin Eckler has been asked to step up and carry a big load, but Justin Herbert is still delivering the numbers, still delivering the touchdowns, so they can't stick him on that and not call him top five because he always lands on the top five with stats. So then they try and bring up his win-loss record. And okay, he's 21-22 and as a starter. And judging a quarterback solely off of wins and losses, I get that. You want the guy that just wins games no matter what. But at some point in time, you got to realize there's a difference between a game manager and a quarterback, okay? And I know I pick on Jimmy Garoppolo a lot, but he is a game manager. They flashed that stat that made a lot of people sick. He is 10-2 and without having to throw a touchdown. He will win 10 games and only lose two when he does not throw a touchdown. A lot of people wish that was their team, and I'm pretty sure that somebody that has a similar stat to that would probably be Ryan Tannehill. And that's just because it's King Henry all the way. But then we're going to go even further. I'm going I'm to take this a further step out because why the hell not? There was a quarterback back in the day called Joe Montana. His first season, he was 2-14. and 14. His second season, he was 6-9. and nine. Finally, it was his third season where he was 13-3. and three, But then guess what happened his fourth year? He went back to a 3-6 and six and got injured. So, yes, great quarterbacks throughout their career will make it known that they are solid. They're statistically sound. They show up. They get ready to play games. And it just takes patience and all the right pieces coming together. So, yes, you can have the best statistical quarterback ever. And you can look at guys like Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers to where statistically, year in, year out, they are top dogs. But they just couldn't get all of the pieces together. And Matt Ryan got close. It's just it all fell apart in the second half of that Super Bowl. So, yes, great things come together to get winning seasons, and that's what we're waiting for Justin Herbert. We're waiting for all the pieces to sit because when the defense is back, his offense is gone. When his offense is there, the defense is gone. So, again, it's just waiting for all the right pieces to fall together, but Justin Herbert is not causing them to be any worse. He is elevating, he's keeping them in, and right now he's sitting at a 6-5 and five record and still holding on, waiting for that offense to come and click. Now, recency bias would have you believe this is a guy that chokes away games and will be the next Phillip Rivers. And 
I watched the 49ers and the Chiefs game where he did have the game-winning drives in his hand. They had last possession of the ball, and you're just waiting for that one drive to show that he is the man. He is the guy. This is why he's paid the mega bucks. And then he gets out there and throws interceptions on both of those drives. Kills them instantly. And so then here we are on the third attempt. The third week in a row where he gets the ball in his hands and he gets to make a game-winning drive. Only this time, he shoves it down the Cardinals' throats. He scores. Then it's the game-time decision. Do we want to kick a field goal and go into overtime with the Cardinals? Or do we just stand our ground and go for two right now? Which, honestly, they made the right call. Let's just go for two right now. I always think that will be statistically the best way for you to win the game. It's either get less than 10 yards right now or get the kickoff and try and drive 75 yards. I mean, come on now. You just got to be leaning one way or the other on that one. And so at this point, he did close out this game. It was a two-point conversion. It was a solid clutch moment. So, yes, he can be that guy. So if you look at his stats in their top five, if you look at his mechanics, he has pocket poise. He has a rocket arm, and he is very accurate with this ball. So... What else do they say to keep him out of this top five discussion? And, of course, it's the big one. And they state he hasn't done anything yet. What has he won? And this is an argument that could be used for half of the quarterbacks in the league right now. So let's talk about expectations for Justin Herbert to land in your top five list. So realistically, to end this argument for Justin Herbert, I'm going to say if he gets one winning season and two playoff wins, That's it. He doesn't need a Super Bowl just to get the basic respect that he deserves from his outstanding play year to year to year, because now this is the third year in a row that we're seeing it from him. And our last guy that we have to talk about, it is Tua Tagovailoa. Now, the thing is, we have to be realistic for him, too. He is not top five in touchdowns or in yards. However, he is winning games. Right now, the Dolphins are sitting at 8-3. and three. He has a starting record of 13-2. and two. Statistically, the things that are absolutely wild about Tua is his touchdown-interception ratio. It is 6-1. to one. He has 19 touchdowns and 3 interceptions. He has the second-highest completion percentage of 69.7%, and just ahead of him is Geno Smith at 72.8%. This is wild. So when we're looking at Tua... I know everybody wants to say he has all the weapons in the world that he could ever ask for. He has Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddle. He has Mike Jasicki. He has Trent Sherfield filling in that nice complimentary role, just finding the gaps in the zones when everybody is focusing on the big stars. Sherfield does come up big for them in those moments, especially when it comes to converting those third downs and everybody seems to forget about him. Then we move into the solid running back by committee, that Mike McDaniels and the Dolphins put together just for Tua. It is not reliant on one guy, and in fact, the Jeff Wilson trade made it that much sweeter. So now we're talking about Tua Tungabailoa. What is he doing in this offense? You have everything that you need. And yes, the wins are there. The throws are there. He is not turning the ball over unnecessarily. He is not losing his cool. He's not losing his composure. He is making his reads, working through his progressions, and you love to see it. He is doing everything right. That is the thing. So when I say that I'm not ready to call Tua a top 10 quarterback yet, it's only because we have only one season to use as evidence. Now, a lot can happen in a year. 
And I just want to remind everybody that Mark Sanchez, and yes, I know it sounds crazy because him and Mark Sanchez, as far as athletic ability and win percentage, they're nowhere close. But Mark Sanchez made it to the AFC Championship twice and then fell off. Then we're talking about Tim Tebow, who had his wild ride with the Broncos in 2012 and then never reached that level again and soon was out of the NFL. Then the last one that I want to bring up that really truly hurts is RG3. He put together a monstrous 3,200 yards passing, 20 touchdowns to just five interceptions. He had 815 yards rushing and seven rushing touchdowns. Then the next year was the beginning of the end for him. So Tua is having a top 10 season right now, but consistency will secure his top 10 quarterback spot. We just need time to see it. But that being said, I do have the Dolphins as the dark horse candidate to win the AFC championship. We've already seen them beat the Bills because Josh Allen finds a way to shoot himself in the foot every single big play opportunity. So the question is, are they ready to beat Mahomes? And are they ready to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals? I say they are, but that's just a motto of opinion. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to follow and share.